we said. The Press Box. And here we are, back inside the Press Box for the Press Box Podcast. Mike Grace for my partners Chris Stewart and J.D. Byers. Happy to offer you up just a slice of what you can hear each and every weekday on great radio stations around the state of Alabama and online 24-7 at PressBoxRadio.com. Want to find us? That's the place to start, PressBoxRadio.com. Check the affiliates page there to find the station nearest you. On the episodes page, you can hear the show on demand, hour by hour, or simply press the listen button to hear the Press Box anytime, 24-7. That's also where you can register for our Fall into a Press Box Paradise Contest, courtesy of Meyer Vacation Rentals, Breakline Optics, and the Press Box. Your chance to win a three-night stay in a two-bedroom golf front condo. All the details under the Paradise banner. Easy to find. Can't miss it. Online at PressBoxRadio.com. All right, to today's podcast as we talk a little Auburn Tigers with the Q, Quentin Riggins, the former Auburn great, part of the Auburn Sports Network crew for the last several years as well, and we had a chance to, to join him. Brad Law of the Auburn Sports Network was guest hosting along with J.D. Byers and myself, Mike Grace, earlier this week when the Q visited with us, and we started talking about uh, his former teammate, the man we lost this past weekend due to COVID complications, Craig Ogletree, the great Auburn Tiger, and Quentin Riggins talked about his former teammate. Great guy. Um, we both Went to Auburn uh, in 1986 as freshman, um, and we became roommates after his um, freshman roommate, Frank Thomas, decided to play baseball. And uh, he and I became roommates, and, and, and dear friend, smart guy, uh, business graduate, played for Cincinnati Bengals. He could do, he could do anything. And, uh, but the thing that I liked about Tree, uh, he was just plain nice, and there's no way – uh, to cut it, and uh, he was just a nice guy from Barnesville, Georgia. Uh, you know, comes from a big family, uh, and you know, when you when I, my, my brother and that's just just the two of us, and we would go and uh, and fellowship during uh, uh, after games and stuff like that, and we all became one big family. And so, from 1986 until about three weeks ago when I talked to him that, you know, we've been close ever since. And so it's, it's a big loss for all of us. Obviously Q, we know about what, you know, what, what you guys were able to do on the field and some of those defenses in the eighties and coach dies teams, but tell us a little bit about Craig, the, the roommate and, and a story maybe that you think about and, and it always brings a smile to your face that has nothing to do with, with something on the field. Well, you know, um, you know, Tree and I, um, oddly enough, we kind of went co- sort of different paths. He was a really good football player, and he, of course, played in the NFL. I played Canadian, and um, and this is this is one of those. I don't know if it's a good story or a bad story, but we came back and we graduated um, uh, the same quarter, and so we were coming back to Auburn. It's going to be the fall uh, uh, quarter, and uh, actually '92. And so, uh, and we we all planned it and, and so forth. And we start realizing we got to campus that you know you know there's a little bit more security and uh, our families came up and everything and uh, a little bit more talk going on. And uh, I was in education, he was in business, and so we we're planning, hey, you know, let's uh, catch up, let's go take pictures on campus and so forth. And then <laughs> next thing you know, <clears throat> we start seeing these cameras. Uh, uh, move around campus, and I'm going to remind you guys uh, <clears throat> of this. And it was 60 minutes, and they were they were videotaping our graduation. And because at the same time, uh, uh, Eric Ramsey and Twilita 
uh, Ramsey were graduating. And so we had the uh, distinct pleasure of coming in with Eric and also graduating with Eric. And it was one of those odd moments that we laughed about and said, man, what? I mean, what a crazy time for us all. But anyway, that's one of those interesting moments that if you remember, if you go back and Google or even look it up, it was an interesting time. Our guest here is Quentin Riggins inside the press box. Uh, in for Chris Stewart, it's Brad Law. I'm J.D. Byers, Immobile, Mike Grace in our Breakline Optics studio. Uh, you know, some of your comments I've already read about your roommate. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I, you know, playing collegiate ath- athletics, had a, had a roommate that is still like family to me, and, and you're so close. But the term iron sharpening iron means a lot. Based on what you said about him, can you kind of, Give us a thumbnail of him officiating your former head coach's funeral, Pat Dye. Yeah. Yeah. What made it special? What did he say about his former coach? Because Craig Ogletree's officiating of that funeral had to be very special. Yeah. Tree, tree, tree is, um, you know, he graduated in business, graduated marketing. He ended up, um, going to work for Georgia Power, but he also was a minister. And uh, he, t- he took his professional life very seriously. And, uh, and you know, we all had our own unique and special relationship with, with Coach Dye. And, and your, your position coach and your head coach, he's, he's still what well, was still coach to Coach Witt. Uh, and when the family came together, um, when Pat Dye uh, Jr. Uh, assembled everybody, uh, they wanted to have something initially very, very small, just immediate family. And one or two other folks, and Bo Jackson, uh, Joe Witt, Brightney Garner, uh, were the, the folks initially, and then the person who officiated the, the ceremony uh, was, um, you know, Craig Ogletree. And what 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 Tree told me about it was when they were on the farm, and uh, and he was trying to, you know, figure out kind of. You know, he wanted to deliver a message, you know, uh, special for coach and for the family for comfort. Uh, and so uh, as he was preparing, uh, he saw uh, the horse uh, and wagon that had the coffin with Coach Dye. He said it was just one of the most emotional times for him. And as he was trying to, you know, manage his own emotion, uh, at, at the time of seeing, seeing this moment, he also was trying to comfort the family. And he said it, just the, the, um, the, the moment and the words, and of course, you know, he prayed for uh, those to come. And he said just, just the connection with Coach and having that awesome responsibility of delivering it. And, uh, and he just said that, that um, you know, just the time that he had with coach along the way prepared him for that moment. And so, uh, and, 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 but tree was just a unique person that if he sat down with you, uh, JD or or Brad, uh, he would connect with it. And he would want to know about you. He would want to know how you're doing, how your family's doing. And it wasn't, um, you know, and, and I do this as a former player and I may recall, you know, a player two of mine or talk about a radio uh, interview of mine, but he would want to know about you. Tell me something about you. And that was, that was a big difference uh, about him. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that uh, Quentin and, and gosh, I'm looking forward to seeing you here in a few weeks when we get back to, to uh, uh, 
football pregame shows and doing radio stuff together and just be good to see you uh, again. And uh, how, how many, I, I know you, you and tree kept in touch. How many of those guys, I mean, you, you talk about a, uh, being a brotherhood. Yeah. Um, yeah. H- how many of those guys are you in contact with regularly to this day? Just talk a little bit about those relationships and, and how important they are. So, you know, the relations of the, uh, are, um, believe it or not, they make it through time. Um, and you know, you may not see somebody or talk to somebody every week or maybe once a month or every, you know, but you catch up with people. And so like Pedro Terry and I, uh, you know, uh, Pedro, uh, and tree and I, we all are connected through Southern company and there is another uh, Auburn basketball player, Leonard Smith. And we may text, we may email, we may run into each other. And we, we try to stay connected. By the way, Craig and Pedro were in my wedding. And so so we have these little uh, nuances where, you know, if it's a David Rocker and I'm hearing about him on Christian radio, I'm, I, I may give him a hard time. Or, you know, I may hear from um, a lawyer Tillman that's uh, down in the Mobile area. Uh, and, and and doing his own thing or doing well or Smokey Hodge is in Montgomery. And so we different things will click. It may be somebody's talking about the kid playing softball or, hey, I can't believe, you know, that we lost this game or, hey, I can't believe that we are doing this, you know, and and it's uh, or that your kid has graduated from college. And, and so we still have those connections, but not just our own teammates. Um even people that we may have competed against. Uh, when I see Lamont Russell uh, from Alabama and he and I uh, were uh, graduate same time, 89, I, I would give him a hard time when he was an SEC official and his kids uh, doing well in sports. And so, uh, you know, you try to connect uh, with each other when you can. And, uh, and it's refreshing because you remember old plays. You may remember moments. And um, and uh, but sports kinds of have a, a, a interesting way, uh, believe it or not, the kids that are playing today, uh, you know, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, many of them are going to stay connected. They may not all talk all the time, but your phone call away or text away and, and they come running. If you, if you need anything, they come running. One of the greats in Auburn football history, Quentin Riggins, joining us on the show. Hugh, as we look to this year's Auburn football team, a new coach, seemingly a new yep. mentality, a whole lot of talk about work uh, on the planes <laughs> right now in camp. What what do you expect out of this team this year in Coach Harson's first year? You know, I, I, I think what you, you'll see is um, I think you're going to see a more physical run approach. Uh, I think you're going to see – Teams, it, what I'm going to look for, and I think the the um, what I think your listeners uh, should look for is when when Auburn's in that run mode offense, and that you know that safety comes and drops uh, at the line of scrimmage and it's an eight man front. Will will the quarterback will will have the ability? Both Knicks have the ability to change plays at a whim. And I'm going to look at two players, uh, you know, through the, the first part of the season, really to kind of gauge that. One, we'll look at Bo Nix 
and see if he gets under uh, under center or is, or is he the shotgun and he sees a, a you know a defensive front or a defensive look that he doesn't like if he's able to just change plays you know without looking at the sideline that's going to tell me something if I look at the center Nick Brahms and he's able to call fronts and make calls that's going to tell me something too and so I think that what what Auburn has had in the past on, on the uh, coach Malzahn, which wasn't fine. It, it, it was predetermined uh, calls and so forth. And what you want to do and, and um, give your quarterback now is, Hey, if something pops up, particularly something we hadn't worked on here, a couple of, here, here, a couple of outplays that I want to check to, we had them in defense. If we got up there and, and of course, back in the day when, <laughs> when you didn't have necessary video, you had film, uh, <laughs> you get up. And if that offense gave you a look that you weren't prepared for or you didn't see, then we always had a couple of defensive checks that we could make. Let's let's get through this play and let's get to the sideline. Let's talk through it. So I'm going to watch how much authority does the quarterback have at the line of scrimmage to make plays, get out bad plays and good plays. And how much authority will that center have to make change, uh, make make uh, plays? Uh, look at look at the top teams in in the country. That center is making more checks and calls than the quarterback, and that's the game today. Can I ask you one question, Quentin? Uh, before we go, it's JD Mobile, yeah. and it's a, more yeah. of a it's more of a defensive perspective on an offense across college football and maybe even the pros. Uh, not necessarily it's Auburn or anything. Mm-hmm. As a guy up on the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. with a guy under with a quarterback under center, your opposition, or a quarterback from the shotgun, what does it mean to you and what can happen and where's an advantage or disadvantage of a quarterback being under center? So, you know, the quarterback being under center, it, it's a couple things. One, you, you have to respect um, he could drop back and just do a three step, he could do a five step drop passing. And then, you know, of course, the, the long seven step, that that's pretty much, um, you know, with the defensive ends and so forth, it's hard to do now, but three and five are for sure. But the quick handoffs and uh, the different plays that you can run under center are, are, to me, more dangerous as a linebacker because they hit quicker. Uh, if, uh-huh. if, I'm, if you're under center and you give, and it's a, it's a power trap, meaning this, the, the center and you know, the guard, the double team, and the person right in front, whether it's a hit-up nose guard or a guy in the gap, and that backside guard is pulling, I don't want that as a linebacker. I don't want – I mean, I, I want as much time as I can to read what the offensive lineman and the, and the offense is doing so I can react. If you're in shotgun, I got all day. And uh, and, and I, I, it gives me a little bit more comfort. Now, you still may have success, but I have time to read it and understand and adjust my defense uh, a little bit quicker. Uh, but with the way the defensive fronts are so big and so athletic, uh, what the offenses are trying to do is give the quarterbacks more time to read the defensive looks. And, th- and that's that's the, the chess game that you have uh, back and forth. I would tell anybody, if you're a nerd about college football, or football <laughs> period, YouTube, watch a Peyton Manning, uh, turn the audio up and listen to the checks and calls, and then listen to the calls that you may hear uh, from the linebackers. It's, it's chess, pre-snap, read, and whoever can out, you know, think or react 
before the play card uh, uh, drops down. That's the winner. That's the winner. It's a physical game, but it's also more intellect than people realize. Just fantastic stuff from Quentin Riggins, wow. who will Mike. be joining Brad Law and the rest of the Auburn Network for football in just a couple of weeks. Q, this is Mike. And, and last thing I want to say, so enjoy hearing you talk about those X's and O's. And a great question from J.D. Love that answer. Uh, but in, in hearing you talk about your, your, your ex-teammates, I'm reminded of another former Auburn great, Pat Sullivan, who I had a chance to yep. be around. I spent 10 years uh, as the voice of his Sanford Bulldogs uh, and was around coaching. And the two things he always said, and I heard this over and over and over again, when it, when it came to recruiting visits, he would say, uh, you're not making a four-year commitment. You're making a 40-year commitment. Yep. And he would say that because of the relationships. It's not going to be, yeah, you may remember certain wins and certain losses, but the one thing that will stick with you throughout your life from this time at, at Sanford or Auburn or wherever is the relationships you make. The decision you're making is really about the relationships you're going to make and and how important they will be for you the rest of your life. I'm so glad you said that. It, I tell I tell young people they ask and they get sucked into, you know, this school or that school or whatever. I say, hey, you know, this is not you know a flash moment. This is this is a life decision, a life changing decision if you decide to go to ohio state understand <laughs> your relationships you, the things that you want to do after football are all going to be built in that culture and around that culture if you if you if you don't want to live in hudson ohio <laughs> which is a nice area then hey ohio state may not be for you but if if, if you if you want to have that same southern culture hey Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, you will find that here. But understand, you're making a 40-year or a life-changing decision. And and some people, don't they don't look at it that way. They look, hey, I want to go to this school, and because I see this. And and a lot of kids make make mistakes because they don't see the bigger picture that it is. You got four years here, but you got a, a network of family and friends forever. He is one of a kind, as good as they come. The Q, Quentin Riggins, former Auburn great, joining us here inside the Press Box to talk about Auburn football and so much more. Hey, thanks so much for joining us here inside the Press Box. If you like what you hear, a couple things you can do for us. You can like us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Find us at Press Box Radio 1. That's Press Box Radio and the number one. Like us, follow us, retweet, reshare. Would appreciate all of the above. And if you would subscribe to this podcast, that way you get every new one as soon as they come out. And if you would share that info with a friend, oh, we would so appreciate that. They can find us wherever they find their favorite podcast, Apple and Google, plus iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher. Tune in wherever you find your favorite podcast. Simply search for Press Box Radio 1. That's Press Box Radio and the number one for the Press Box Podcast. Signing off for now for Mike Grace and Chris Stewart and J.D. Byers. This is Mike Grace saying so long for now from the Press Box.